0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Welcome back folks here on Big Blue Views Audio Lineup. I'm Joe DeLeon joined by Chris Fum and Nick Folato to preview the Giants final game of the 2021 season. We're officially in 2022. They're facing off with the Washington football team in a game that has quite literally no implications for the Giants, except maybe impacting where they currently select in the draft, barring they come out of this game with a victory. Now, guys, the one thing that we were just discussing before we even started this, um, do we even feel that this game is going to feature both teams full list of healthy starters because that's certainly a possibility of 18 weeks into the season extra game do you risk some sort of an injury for some of these guys and do you maybe want to work in some of these younger players i find it uh like
2: i don't want to say interesting because there there are some tragedies going on with with both of these teams right now both these teams are out of it and everything but on the washington side montez sweat's brother was just uh, just died recently, and he missed last game. So I'm not sure if he's going to be up to play in a meaningless Week 18 game. And on the Giants' side, Billy Price, I believe he lost his recently-born child, if I'm not mistaken there. Uh, I'm not 100% certain if it was that, but something tragic happened that left him out of the game as well. So I'm not 100% certain if he's going to be up to play for week 18. So, you know, condolences to both sides of that. And then in terms of the injuries, I mean, you have some of these guys who have been battling through injuries all season. And it seems like admirable when you look at Leonard Williams, for instance, the guy's playing with kind of one arm and he's out there just, you know, dominating interior offensive linemen still. I think players like that will end up playing guys who... Really still want to play for Coach Judge, you know, (laughs) we'll talk about Judge in a little bit. But uh, as for Washington, I can't really speak to their injured players. I would imagine a player like Curtis Samuel probably won't play because he hasn't played much this season and he's been dealing with a real groin injury. So I don't know how healthy those guys are. I think if for both of these teams, it'd probably be wise if they put their younger guys in there and let some of those veterans who are dealing with injuries rest. And then in terms of sweat and price, if they want to play, they can play. If they don't, they don't have to. Condolences to their families.
3: Yeah, that, that's pretty much where I come down on it. This game really should almost be like a pre-preseason game as far as the young guys are concerned. Get them out there. Get get Ellerson Smith out there. Get Raymond Johnson out there. Get David Moa out there. Yeah. Leonard Williams, he wants to play and, you know, kudos to him for wanting to be out there and compete. But at this point, kind of just playing for pride. And it's, to me, it's almost better just to look ahead to 2022. Make sure you don't do anything worse to whatever injuries you might be you know, you might be dealing with for Williams. It's that tricep. He, he really does not need a full on tear that needs surgery to resolve and then wind up on the pup list or whatever for next year, you know, and this is an opportunity, you know, kind of like the bowl games with all, with the draft bound players opting out. This is an opportunity for the young guys who haven't seen the field much to get on the field and maybe show that they can be an answer going forward you know we saw uh jaron williams get get some chances and he's flashed pretty well I, I don't know if he's a cornerback or a safety going forward but he's a guy who should at least be competing for a job next year so you you never quite know what's on your roster until you get a chance to look until you give those guys an opportunity on the field and i i feel that's kind of the stance both coaching staff should take at this point
1: point. and yeah, speaking I'm, of oh go ahead Nick. sorry i didn't mean to
2: cut you off no, you're good. I was going to say, and this week we saw it too. We saw a guy named Woodrow Hamilton get on the field and play like nine snaps for the defense. And I mean, I don't know about you guys. I didn't know much about Woodrow Hamilton other than the fact that his name is very, very presidential. And he actually <laughs> Yeah. And he ran through one of those guards faces on one of those plays. Now, is he somebody who's going to stick on this team? You know, more than likely that might not happen. But at the same time, why not give him an opportunity to prove himself? I mean, Quincy Roche was never given his opportunity. We would have never realized that talent. You can say that with plenty of other people. Chris, you brought up Jerron Williams. I think that's an excellent example. I just wish there were more players along the offensive line that we could talk about, or maybe even at tight end that we could talk about that could step in and do that. It just doesn't seem like those players have been available to the giants all year.
1: Yeah. No. So, uh, Go, uh, no, I thanks, was going to say, speaking of, you know, we're we're talking about guys that are coming out here to prove themselves and, and talking on someone who is been doing really well lately and is going to be an impending free agent, less of a guy who hasn't shown us anything. Lorenzo Carter has looked really great in this recent stretch of games and expected to be a free agent upcoming with a new general manager making the decision on to bring back Lorenzo Carter or not. This game could have some serious implications on him proving that he does deserve to come back and that he wants to come back, assuming that Joe Judge is the head coach does he fit him in into that new... or the roster going into next year. What do you guys think about Lorenzo Carter, though? Um, will he continue that current stretch and hopefully stick around going into uh, next season?
3: Uh, Personally, I think he will continue his stretch of good play because I think this is kind of the player he was trending towards being when he ruptured his Achilles at the beginning of last year. It kind of got lost in the shuffle of just how bad the Giants were to start the year and then how good the defense became once Patrick Graham kind of got some traction, simplified a few things and figured out what really worked. But Lorenzo Carter flashed pretty brightly under Brett, Brett Bielma early on last year. And then he suffered that Achilles injury. And that is an injury that takes a little while to come back from it. Kind of like an ACL in some ways it's a little, it's worse. And I'm not surprised that it took him basically a year and a half to come back from that. Achilles, and to start playing like the athlete we know he is. Now, will it be enough if he gets you know another sack, maybe another forced fumble, uh, pass defense, you know, whatever? Will that be enough to keep him on the squad on the Giants next year? That I don't know about. That's an economic question, and you know, right now the Giants have about three million dollars in cap space, and they're going to have five picks in the top eighty to sign. Next year so, they don't have enough money to sign their draft class, let alone uh, retaining free agents.
2: Yeah, no, 100%, Chris. And I would love for him to be there because after watching the film after the game, he's moving different, man. He really is. He looks very healthy. He looks very explosive. He's attacking... Uh offensive lineman at the point of attack, he gets low, he explodes, you know, low to high through them, is able to quickly shed. He made that sack on Andy Dalton, something like that. He hit Charles Leno with a long arm and then just backed him right up into the pocket. And when there was a little crease through the B gap, Andy Dalton tried to squeak through. He quickly just used a double swipe to keep his chest clean, came right off, jumped and sacked Andy Dalton. He made plenty of plays where you just saw an extra gear from a player like Lorenzo Carter. We hadn't seen that really all year. It was more just, oh, you know, he's coming back. He's coming back. Okay, maybe he's never going to get to that, you know, high-level athlete he was before the Achilles injury. Well, he definitely is there, and he kind of really started to see it in that Dallas game, man, that Dallas game, he had a phenomenal game. And then Philly had a good game this last week. He had a really good guess. Game. Three games in a row of high-level play in terms of what he can do athletically. It looks like the pre-injury Lorenzo Carter. This is somebody who just turned 26 years old. He's still young, man. And uh, I-, I hope the Giants can find a way to retain Lorenzo Carter, even if it's on a one-year prove-it type of deal, because I believe he's A he's a potential difference maker. I do at a position that the Giants don't have a true proven potential difference maker. I think it's easy can get there, but he's not there yet. He's a rookie. And other than that, you have Quincy Rocher. And then what are we talking about? So I, I really hope the Giants can find a way to retain Lorenzo Carter. I just don't know how feasible it is.
3: Yeah, and I think one thing people tend to forget a little bit when it comes to Lorenzo Carter is that even though he looked like a pass rusher and edge player coming out of Georgia, he was not that at Georgia. He was just Mm -hmm. a ginormous defensive Swiss army knife. Yeah. They used him as a slot defender almost as often as they used him as a pass rusher True, back in college. So he basically had to learn a whole new position for what the giants wanted to use him as. And, we spent a couple of years basically saying, why are you forcing this guy to be an edge? Why not just use him as an off ball linebacker who blitzes whenever you can get a good matchup? And I still think that is kind of a good way to use him. I think the almost the prototype for Lorenzo Carter now should be Micah Parsons, the way the Cowboys are using him, where yeah, he gets plenty of opportunities to rush the passer because he is dynamic but he has so many tools in his toolbox where you also can't not use him in space and we've seen Carter make plays in space where he is in coverage and you know gets a great rep in coverage so if you have all of those tools they really should be using them yeah but again the the question for me is just can you keep him around and i do not know uh, hopefully the giants didn't farm up
1: what you guys are talking about, Lorenzo Carter started to look pretty good. The one thing that's going to hamstring the ability to bring him back is the fact that the cap is an absolute S show going into next season. And whatever general manager is coming in is going to have to deal with those implications, which is cra- it's crazy to look at the salary cap situation and think to ourselves, wow, they're one of the lowest in available room. I think it's like 3 or $4 million, somewhere in that range. And this team's terrible. There is not really that many guys on the roster that you can really justify that they're paying the amount of money that they are. So there are going to be players that they're going to have to try and move or cut and get rid of having to pay them. But it also hurts a guy like Lorenzo Carter, who hasn't played up to par for various parts of his career and has been injured. But because he has this really good stretch, it might be a little bit too late for him to have made enough of an impression just because of the cap situation. It's not like they're the Dolphins with $75 million to work with, and they can easily find a way to bring him back. They might really have screwed themselves out of some quality returnees because of the fact that their, their salary cap situation is so screwed up right now. And we knew it was going to be a risk too, right, Chris? I mean, we, yeah. we said it all offseason. We
2: were like, look, like I was fine with, with the free agent spending spree, but my, my whole thing was they have to be right with this offensive line because they didn't allocate it to the offensive line. They got rid of Kevin Zeitler. I was like, you guys are saying that we, and Dave Gettleman said it and it's floating around Twitter right now. We have more confidence in our offensive line than everyone on the outside does. It's like, all right, well, good. You guys are in the building. Maybe you know something we don't. I don't have that confidence, but you better be right. You better freaking be right in this situation, Dave Gettleman, and they weren't. And that offensive line killed any hope of the $72 million they gave to Kenny Galladay, any hope in all the money they poured into Adoree Jackson and all of these big free agent signings that they pulled in last offseason. And look at the team now. This is the lowest I've seen the Giants' morale. This is the lowest I've seen the Giants. Ever since I covered the Giants, this is the lowest point, I believe. And that seems like an outlandish statement after the years of Ben McAdoo and that collapse in 2017. And then after the, you know, ho-hum Pat Shermer years in 2018 and 2019. And that brings us to Joe Judge too, man. I mean, I don't know if you guys want to transition there or if you have anything else you want to add on to any of this, Chris.
1: No, we do do have a game to talk about. (laughs) Uh, That's not, well, it's not like anything that happens in this game is really going to impact a whole lot, but I, I the one thing it does impact though, and, and Nick, I'm I'm glad that you've you lined things up the way that you did. Thanks. The question that we have to <laughs> Yeah, look at us throwing lobs to each other to 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 transition. Um the one thing that I think we still have to consider after the way that we watched the Giants play last week, and last week's game was before the indicated reports that Joe Judge is safe and so is Daniel Jones. I don't know if we can really say that for such certainty after the way things looked for the Giants last week, and how badly they got their asses kicked by a team that is equally as talented or equally as weak, rather, um, as the Chicago Bears are. So, the question we have to ask ourselves is, what needs to happen in this game for Joe Judge to either be canned or for him to stay? Does this need to be a close football game? If this is a multi-score game, is John Mara going to be so upset and be in agreement with some fans who are frustrated that it's just time to start from scratch yet again is there's so many things that I think go in, into this conversation but what do we need to see from this game to impact Joe Judge's future uh, personally I'd, I'm not
3: sure anything short of a brawl breaking out on the Giants sideline would really impact Joe Judge's future at, at least that's for you know, between the whistles during the 60 minutes on the game clock, three hours what change whatever it is on TV. Personally, I hope that John Mara just when they get when they get to getting a new general manager, they turn the decision on Joe Judge over to him. They if they maybe get God. Uh, Dodds or Horitz or somehow maybe pry Will Clay out of, uh, out of Dallas. If whoever their next general manager is, is willing to work with Joe judge. If they want to work with Joe judge, then fine. Keep him around. He's going to have to be on a short leash, but yeah, that is the GM's decision. If they want their own guy, they want to bring in their own coach sorry Joe yeah legitimately I am sorry it did not work out uh a lot of it's your fault some of it isn't but you know that it that's the name of the business and then the Giants just go out and get their next head coach who knows I perk people's ears up maybe it's Jim Harbaugh there's rumors circle circulating once again because it's the off season and michigan is done playing football that he could be headed back to the nfl and adam rittenberg at espn says that he had heard the giants job could interest him if it's open which you know maybe that's a uh, not exactly between the lines reading of the situation honestly
2: i, I wouldn't be to- completely opposed to that if we're going to be real uh, I I agree with you, Chris. To be honest, that I think it should be up to the general manager. I don't think the general manager has to be tied to Joe Judge. I think that's probably the better way to to fix this ship is to to have this general manager and you put your trust in this general manager and you have him make the football decisions. I'm I'm not anti Joe Judge. I'm not hey we have to fire Joe Judge. But at the same time, I think you it's hard to make a case to to have him stay. I think that's definitely certain. To Joe's original question. What does Joe Judge have to do to keep his job? Again, man, this offense is so bad right now. I don't know if they're going to be able to compete even against Washington. They couldn't compete against Chicago. Now, yes, this is a home game, but how is Jake Fromm going to be able to move the football? If the Giants can't score through running the ball, then what are they going to score? How are they going to score unless they do it from a defensive touchdown or a special teams touchdown? That's kind of where I'm at, and I, I don't think they can really fix or rectify that. The passing game is the worst passing game I think I may have ever seen in the history of the NFL, and I'm not being hyperbolic right now, man. Like I I really do think this is the worst passing offense I've ever seen.
3: Yeah, no, I I can't disagree with you on that. Uh, What we saw last week from Mike Lennon, the couple times the Giants actually attempted to throw the ball, it was the worst quarterbacking performance, the worst passing performance we've seen in definitely the last decade. and. Yeah, it, it, there really aren't enough adjectives to describe just how bad the Giants' offense is right now. Yeah, it hasn't been published yet, but in my preview, my weekly preview of the opponent's defense and what we can expect from the Giants' offense, I propose the idea of not even fielding a quarterback. Just turn the clock back to about 1,900, go back to the to Pop Warner's the the man Pop Warner his playbook and run the single wing have mm-hmm. have Elijah Penny line up at quarterback uh, you know on the play side have either Devonta Booker or Saquon Barkley receive the direct handoff and just play some 120 year old football like Jim Thorpe's out there that might be the Giants best option right now
2: We're going to go way back in the day. I I love love that, by the way. And to be honest, dude, like I I watched the film and everything. Joe Judge was not lying when he said the game plan was to run the football. It wasn't just because that first play, which I don't know what Freddie Kitchens was doing. (laughs) aligning That was just a terrible decision by Freddie Kitchens. I'm not really 100% certain where his head was at there. There were a couple confounding decisions by Freddie Kitchens in that game, somebody I haven't been necessarily too critical of since he relieved Jason Garrett, with all things considered. But, dude, they ran so many different types of runs, bro. There were so many different types of counter runs out of so many different types of formations. They were duo, inside zone, split zone. They were doing everything, man. So many different types of... Rushing styles, you know, seven offensive linemen, and then keeping them in there and just consistently running out of those formations with like Ben Bredesen and another offensive lineman as two big tight ends. You know, it's like, wow, man, they should be able to really run the rock. And they were able to. And you know what? Saquon Barkley on film looked really, really good. And it's not just because they had their game plan. I actually thought he was decisive, which is something I've also been critical of Saquon Barkley for in the past. So I'm hoping I see a little bit more of that. You know, I'm expecting this uber-conservative approach. And yes, Joe Judge, I think he leans conservative, but I think he's overly conservative now because he has no faith in the passing offense. When you have no faith in the passing offense, why are you going to try and drop back and throw the ball 35 times a game when that's just going to be a net negative for you, which we saw. The first four passes were disasters or almost disasters last week. A strip sack, an interception, a sack, and then the play where... Mike Glennon got like suplexed to the ground, and lost <laughs> the ball to Devonte Booker somehow like the giants can't pass the football. They can't protect. They can't do anything right now on that phase of football.
3: Yeah, no. And they're going to be going up against a defense where if everyone is healthy, or at least everyone who can be available for this game is healthy, that it's better than what they saw last week against the bears. And if the giants do go in and run the football, it, Commit to that is their game plan, which there's no reason why they shouldn't. It will be interesting because Washington does have a better run defense than Chicago does. And, you know, it's, uh, I'll just say it, this game's going to be tough to watch. And I don't blame anyone who either finds something better to do with their Sunday or does not want to brave. New Jersey in January to go to the stadium. Oh uh,
1: there's I would anticipate that nobody is going to be in attendance for this game. Uh, unless they're just handing out tickets. I don't know why anyone <laughs> would want to watch come watch this crap. It's freezing. It's impossible to drive around the state of New Jersey and the whole east coast right now. Who in their right mind is going to MetLife Stadium with an anticipation of it being a good football game when you could just sit in your living room? and suffer there like I don't know why you would put yourself more through it I would be shocked if there's more than 10,000 fans at this game
3: yeah, at the very least the beer is cheaper in your living room
1: that too <laughs> you can get a free Pepsi there too yeah yeah that's you get right. a free medium Pepsi yeah John Mara <laughs> knows how to incentivize the fans I'm I'm curious to see how cheap these tickets are but as you can see folks <laughs> uh the state of the Giants continues to be in question And there's going to be plenty of time during the offseason to at least take some steps in the right direction. And hopefully those steps are taken properly. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to hit the subscribe button. to Stay up to date. We'll talk to you soon.
0: Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.